The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. <laughs> Rather than the total absence of news. Yeah. All right, go ahead and uh, count us down. Jesus. You know how so I right, cough five, before the countdown's done? Four, That's a professional. Well, I heard it. You didn't turn away from the microphone. <coughs> I can't this turn. Is the worst. I can't turn away from the, the microphone. Opening ever. It's in my ever. ears. It's built ever. around my head. Okay, go ahead. Dang. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to count down. Just start. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> I, we I am, we literally have to count down, or I can't sync up the audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, five, four. four Oh, jeez. Come on, Katie. Two. <laughs> this is the worst countdown we've ever had. Five. Four. four three. three two, two. One. One. Hello, Ugh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the worst podcast where ever. a comedy writer, that's me, worst and ever. a guy who can't count, that's... I'm not even. I'm not going to say my name. I don't want to be associated with what's happening today. Steve. Steve Olivas is the guy who can't count. <laughs> yeah, but the show where we try to solve your problems in ten minutes or less, even though one of us can't <sighs> count that high. How are you doing today, Steve? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, with an intro like that, how could I be doing anything other than dynamite? And the sad thing is, there was some pretty hilarious floundering around there, and I can't even include it because I need the five second countdown to sync up our audio. Uh, but it was just utter chaos. Like if you if you listened to Wrong and Wronger and weren't convinced that I should replace Steve, that that thirty seconds of floundering would have done the job. It wasn't even my fault. You like hacked up a fur ball as I was about to count. Before the countdown, nothing before the countdown counts. That's the purpose it's of right a countdown. It's right in my ears. It's like you're gagging in my head. So something really surprising about this is, as dysfunctional as we are, we've answered quite a few questions. And this week, <laughs> yes. I had no fewer than four people get back in touch with me with follow-ups to what happened after they either followed or ignored our advice. And uh, okay. I think in coming weeks we're going to do some. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Maybe we'll combine some of them. But it was it was genuinely interesting, especially the ones who said they did what I said and ignored what Steve said. It turned out great. What? So those are the ones we'll probably focus on. But before we get to that, uh, I got a letter in that I had super strong feelings about. So we got to get to this question because I think, Steve, you and okay. I as guys, I think we're going to have some strong opinions on this one. So here it is. You tell me. All right. All right. Hi there. I am a 38-year-old female who is married to a 46-year-old male. My husband and I have a three-year-old son together. My husband works full-time and I take care of the house. My problem for several years is this. My husband won't stop falling asleep after dinner on our couch. Before we had kids, this was a mild annoyance, but it has bothered me more and more. Even though I've told my husband how much it bothers me, he continues to fall asleep in the living room. Our son is very active and I spend most of my time trying not to let him jump on him. When he does wake him up, he is cranky and angry at both of us. I ask, uh, I ask him why he doesn't he just go to bed in the other room. He says that it's his, his right to fall asleep on the couch if he wants to. I see the living room as a shared space. It wouldn't bother me at all if he said goodnight after dinner and went to bed. I have told him this several times. Also, watching him sleep while I do all the bedtime stuff is annoying me also. If the shoe was on the other foot, I would just go to bed. How can we reach a compromise? Does he, ha uh, does he have a right to sleep on the couch? Help me try to say it in a way he will understand. I look forward to hearing you, uh, hearing your insights. 
I have a feeling there are going to be two kinds of answers here. There's going to be Steve the guy answering and Steve the relationship expert. But maybe I'm totally misjudging <clears> this. Maybe my opinion on this is way out there. So I'm legitimately curious for once what you have to say. Why you got to set me up like that? Why don't you just lean back and drink in my <laughs> wisdom? First of all, I'm not going to give any relationship advice on the front end because I am curious why your husband falls asleep after dinner. Uh, if he's getting up at like three in the morning to go work a strange shift, then this is a whole different conversation. But I'm wondering if he's not sleeping well at night. Like, uh, does your husband, if he is in, like, if you two go to a movie, does he fall asleep in the theater during the movie? Does your husband, um, has he ever talked about maybe dozing off a little bit in traffic? Like, I'm curious about whether this is a health issue for him in a very serious way. And I mean, my tone is serious, not that he's going to die. <laughs> but it may be that uh, getting a sleep study, if he... Uh, I don't know what his general demeanor is after dinner either, but if he uh, needs like a CPAP or something to help him sleep, it may actually change his life. And uh, it, in a more serious tone, it could literally save his life. That uh, if he's if he snores, if he's uh, gasping a little bit, you may not wake up, but he could be struggling to sleep or not getting quality sleep. So anyway... I can tell that James has a lot of patience just, and a lot of curiosity about I, this. So. I, I, I'm going oh. to let you finish, but <laughs> you just sucked all the fun out of it. Like, this, this seemed like such a lighthearted one to me, and you immediately go, not to worry you, but your husband might die. Like, you went right there, right away. Well, I mean, he's not going to die today, but I don't know. It's probably not a bad idea to get a life insurance. No, I, when uh, for men especially, and he is right in the sweet spot age-wise where he's starting to change, his body's changing, I would... Uh, I would at least broach that with him if he feels underrested or tired during the day or if sleep like takes him like it's got a, a rag soaked in ether after dinner. I think, ooh, that's not really supposed to happen at 46. So that's my first line of thinking. And my second line of thinking is I wonder what's so it, it's almost like for him it's a point of pride to not go to bed, even though it's pissing you off. Like for him, he can always hang his hat on, well, I didn't go to bed at 6.30. No, I mean, sure, I'll sleep on the couch for four hours. Then my wife kicked me in the side of the head and I went over into the bedroom. But I, I wonder why he doesn't go in the bedroom. That is curious to me. It may be that he doesn't want to like sleep for the rest of the night. He wants to be able to wake up at some point. But I don't know. Falling asleep on the couch is almost a rite of passage. My advice is to get him a barca lounger so that he looks more like a real dude when he's asleep in front of the TV. I think that's the answer James was looking for. I do understand the frustration. You're doing all the heavy lifting, and uh, he's cutting logs on the couch. Uh, but, James, you have this set up so that I cannot wait to hear the sage wisdom that you give to this letter writer. I... I picture you as spending half your adult life napping, so I'm really surprised you didn't come down stronger on the side of napping. I, let me tell you why I didn't. Do you, can you indulge me yes. another 20 go, seconds? Go for it. This episode is going to run long. It's a very important one. Just go ahead. <laughs> because, because I was that guy, and that's why I'm, I'm saying, man, if you ain't sleeping, you would not believe how different your life will be with a CPAP. Because my wife, she took a lot of pleasure in putting her elbow between like my fourth and fifth rib and then like hitting it with her other fist. Like, uh, she would wake me up because she couldn't sleep because I was snoring, and I would fall asleep at the drop of a hat 
which I actually thought was kind of cool until I realized after I got this CPAP, I'm like, holy crap, I don't ever fall asleep during the day anymore. I'm not tired. I don't fall asleep while I'm watching a movie on my chair. So it could be that he's not sleeping right. That's why, personal. Okay, so I'm going to take this in a lighter direction. And just for those out there who don't understand the distinction, because apparently I have to still explain this, there is a complete difference between taking a nap at the end of the day and going to bed. If you want to lay down on the couch and fall asleep, there is nothing more relaxing. You're still fully clothed. There's no, you don't, there's no preparation. You just lie down. If you fall asleep, great. If you don't fall asleep, that's fine too. There's no commitment. You're totally relaxed. If you decide to go to bed, that's a decision that, that kicks into motion an entire process. You have to go to the bedroom. You have to change your clothes. You have to brush your teeth. You have to settle down. You have to give up on anything else you might do for the night. When you nap, like, you don't even know you're going to nap, first of all. It can happen by surprise. But you've still got a night full of potential. You're not giving up on the day. Anything could happen. When you lay down and go to bed, you've just given up on the day. It's like a step away from death. That's why little kids hate bedtime so much, because all the fun is over. When you nap, you can, wow. you can still come back. You can rally. You can still have a day. And I, you just, and I can't tell you, like, and this has happened to me so many times, where you lay down and you fall asleep instantly on the couch. It's the easiest thing in the world. You're like, no, I have to go to bed. And you get up and you get ready and you do all that stuff for bed and then you're wide awake. Because going through those steps wakes you up. It's a, it's a horrible catch-22, but it happens. So on that end, why does he prefer to fall asleep on the couch rather than going through the bedtime process? Uh, because it's probably more relaxing to him. That, that would be my guess. Now, my dad has fallen asleep in his chair at the end of the day, I think every single day, for the past at least 10 years, at least since I've been out of the house. So my mom goes to bed super early because she wakes up super early. My dad falls asleep about the same time, but not in the bed. It's in his chair, in his recliner, watching TV, you know, watching the news. And that's just what he does. And he might wake up and watch some news and he might fall, you stay asleep the whole time, but that's, that's his evening. That's what he enjoys. And I think it's pretty common. So I don't think, so aside from, uh, you know, the possibility that Steve is right and your husband is, is suffering from some horrible condition, it's possible he's just a guy and he just finds it relaxing out there. And it probably rubs him the wrong way when you tell him he can't sleep on his own couch. Uh, I actually, for a while, when I first got married, I had a couch I couldn't sleep on. It was just a love seat. It was just too short. I, I would have to crawl up, curl up in the fetal position. And it was the worst thing in the world. I felt like I could never relax. There was no place other than the bed that I could lay down. And it was, it was like being stuck in the most uncomfortable box in the world at that point. Uh, beyond that, though, uh, beyond just the basic joy of napping, I, I think the more interesting issue is the problem that the letter writer has with this, that it's work for her to keep her three-year-old off of him and that she resents that the dad doesn't help with bedtime and i think that's going to come back to a conversation of what are the roles here so uh you know the guy is working 40 hours or 60 hours whatever it is outside of the house and mom is staying home all, all the time with the kid and i'm going to guess she does most of the housework too and all of that and i think and I guess that comes down to what do you want from the marriage? So my wife and I, we both work full time. And so because we both work full time, we divide childcare, you know, 50-50. We divide, divide, uh, I can't even talk right now. I'm so excited about Devote. napping. But we, you know, we divide chores 50-50 or however what we can, you know, work it out. That's kind of the breakdown we do. But if one person is, only one person is working outside the house, I think it's pretty reasonable that the other person is going to, you know, carry more of that burden 
uh, as far as uh, you know, childcare and stuff like that. Now, if you really can't handle the child at night, if uh, you know you don't want to do the bedtime routine anymore, if you want dad to do it some nights, I think that's a perfectly reasonable compromise. Maybe work that out with them. Say, hey, on Fridays, you know, it's been a long week. I've been with the kid all day. I want you to handle the bedtime routine. Or on Fridays and Saturdays, or if you want to bump it up to half a week, or maybe you want to go back to work full time and have him do a lot more. However, you want to work it out. I kind of think this nap thing is a proxy battle for the division of childcare duties, and that's one of the reasons that it rubs you the wrong way. Uh, so if you want to, uh, if you want him to do more, and if you want to renegotiate that with him, that's going to be a conversation, and it's not going to be just a conversation about napping. Uh, and here's here's my final thing. Here's my brilliant insight that's going to save this marriage. Uh, if you re- <laughs> if it really bothers you just that he's on the couch, if you don't already have a TV in the bedroom, get a TV in the bedroom. And tell him he can go in there. He doesn't have to go to bed. He can nap on the couch. He can go in there, or on on the bed, I mean. He can turn on the TV. He doesn't have to change out of his clothes. He doesn't have to do the bedtime routine. He can go in there, close the door so the kid doesn't jump on him. And then that way, he's not going to bed. It's a nap. Like, it's the total psychological reversal. Yeah, Black Friday's coming up. This will probably come out after Black Friday. But you got all these super discounted TVs just to get a little little 32-incher. And all of a sudden, your whole conflict is gone. Because he's going to be taking that nap on top of the covers, on top of the bed, instead of on the couch. Boom. Marriage saved. Uh, Closing thoughts, Steve? James, the problem is I will bet that even if she cannot see him, she will feel somewhat resentful because of what you were talking about, which I think uh, was a very good insight. But it's going to be a tough sled with this one issue if you two don't figure out a way to talk about it and both feel heard. Because nighttime is sort of uh, everybody, it's a jump ball. He's busy all day, she's busy all day, so why is only one of us busy at night? I think that's the math that she's doing in her head, right? Yeah, and again, every every relationship is going to be different with how you divide that out. So if you if you want this to be a jump ball, if you want it to be 50-50, then tell them, hey, I want help with the kid. Don't make it, hey, don't nap on the couch. Because those are really two different things. And in your mind, they're connected. And in his mind, they're not. So, you know, nice. spell it. Nice! Yeah, there we go. Look at that. We, we kind of sound wise. And we went way over our 10 minutes. We can't solve all problems in 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes 13, but it's okay. It was a good 13. Well, if you have a problem you'd like us to solve in 10-ish minutes or less, send that in to jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the E. It doesn't have to actually be a marriage question. It can be boyfriend, girlfriend, platonic friends, co-workers, whatever you've got. Tune in in future weeks where we're going to go back to some emails I got recently. We're going to review how our advice actually went down in the real world when people made the mistake or wise decision to follow it. Anyway, this has been another episode of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.